Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Let's go to John chapter 14 today. John chapter 14, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm in this series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, some of you might have come today because someone invited you and said, hey, my pastor is going to be preaching and teaching on the Holy Spirit and the questions you had that I couldn't answer six months ago, he's going to answer. And I'm saying if I don't answer them today, just come back next Sunday. We're going to get to you sooner or later, I'm telling you. And uh, I might, this is a big mic, capital M right here. I might even uh, allow the people of God, uh, uh, I'm going to talk with the staff Tuesday and see if there's a way that you can present questions and then maybe one, one, as we go throughout the week or go throughout this series, I'll answer some of these questions so that you don't leave the house of God confused and wondering what in the world's going on. And I want you to be well, uh, not only educated, but I want you to be in communion with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So John chapter 14 and verse 12, the Bible says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, Watch this. He will do also. How many believe that? Come on, lift your hands if you believe that. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. I talked about the Holy Spirit as the helper last week that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. Now watch this, and will be in you. That future tense on the last part of that sentence, he's talking about the day of Pentecost. He will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I talked about how the Holy Spirit last week came and delivered us from orphans. We're no longer orphans. The Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit by whom you can cry out, Abba, Father, hallelujah. Glory be to God. You are no longer orphans. He says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. And at that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. And he who has, he who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and we will love him and manifest or, re- or reveal ourselves to him. Amen. Watch this right here, verse 23. And Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Glory be to God. He, he says, I ain't just visiting anymore. I'm going to come and make my home inside of you. I'm going to tabernacle with you. And he who, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And, and, the, and the word which you hear is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
Oh, that's a word for today, ain't it? John chapter 16. Praise the Lord. Verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he, watch this, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what uh, take of what is mine and declare it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have the privilege and the honor of standing before your people who have been washed clean by the blood of your son, who have your spirit and who live for your glory. I have the privilege to declare your word once again to them. I ask for your anointing, God, to destroy every yoke of bondage. I ask for your spirit to move like rivers, God, all throughout the sanctuary. Holy Ghost, you know what each person is in need of. For those who need peace, I thank you that peace will come today. For those who need healing, healing is here today. For those, God, who need breakthrough, breakthrough is here today. For those who need deliverance, deliverance is here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your perfect will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Lord, today look upon my availability and not my ability. And Lord, I pray, bless this house this morning with revelation. In the name of Jesus, I believe that I've received. And everybody said, amen. Look at three people and tell them, get ready for the Holy Ghost. Come on, tell them, get ready for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Now, last week, last week, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't really have an altar call for those to receive the baptism of the Spirit. I had an altar call for those to, to give their lives to the Lord. And I'm doing that on purpose because I'm asking you to pray. Uh, during the week, I'm asking you to seek God and ask the Lord to, to, to let there be a hunger created inside of you. Now, I just want to say this before I get started. I hope I get to my notes sometime today. Uh, we're only going to preach for three hours, I promise you. M- M- McDonald's will still be open. I'm, I'm, but uh, the, the, one, of the, one of the most frustrating, uh, uh, toughest things that I know to do as a minister is to try to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost when they ain't hungry for the Holy Ghost. Uh, one of the, one of the, I mean, you, you know, have, and, and if you've ever done this, I have not seen you, so I'm not picking on you, okay? Uh, those of you watching the same, same way. Matter of fact, if you're new watching, thank you for watching today. Uh, but, but have you ever seen anybody that came down to an altar and said, you know, they got gum in their mouth and they just, you know, 
And you're like, and you walk up and you're like, hey, what can I pray for you about today? And they're like, I want the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, I don't think you want the Holy Ghost. I, at least let me just say this. I'm not seeing any sign of desperation. I, I, I'm not saying it's all about emotions. I'm just saying I'm not seeing any sign of hunger. If you hadn't eaten in a week and a half and somebody had laid out a spread for you and you came up to that spread, you ain't going to be sitting there talking about, I'm hungry. No, you, you, you're going to walk up and say, get out of the way. I'm ready to eat something. And what I'm trying to see the Holy Ghost do in this house is for some of you to get back to your hunger, for some of you to get back to your thirst. I'm talking about where you used to come to church early and pray and say, God, I don't know who you're going to move in today. I don't know what you're going to do today. I don't know who you're going to bless today, but I've come to get mine and I will not be denied. I want what you have for me, God. Talking about where there's a hunger, where it drives you not just to prayer, but it drives you to intercession. It drives you to say, Lord, I got to have something from you. And Lord, whatever you got to do, whatever got to happen in my life, whatever I got to lay down, I don't want to be a stagnant believer anymore. I want to be full of the spirit of God and reach to the top of my potential in who you are. This is who I want. This is what I want, God. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Not might be filled. Not may be filled. But they shall be filled. Hallelujah. So I'm going to continue part two today. Last week I, I was in part one preaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. But I just didn't get a lot out. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go back to this on part two today, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm doing this because, uh, let, let me just, let me pick on the Pentecostal church for just a moment because we are one. We is one. Amen. Uh, I, I want to just, in, in a lot of the Pentecostal churches, we have people who have received the baptism but don't know who he is. And so therefore, if we're not careful, our churches treat the Holy Spirit like he is a bag of tricks at service time. Ah, I'm going to talk for a minute. We treat him like we, we, we carry him around in a, in a magic bag. And now the music's playing, and now this is happening, and now the altar call is happening, and it's now time for me to pull out my bag of tricks. I refuse to have a church like that. I refuse to have a, a group of people that sit here and say the Holy Ghost is a bag of tricks. Let me tell you something. He's not a bag of tricks. He is the comforter. He is the helper. He is a present help in the time of need. He is a fire giver. He is a power giver. He'll walk through you in every storm, in every darkness, and everything you'll ever face in your life. He'll grab you by the hand and get you on the other side of it. He's the helper. Glory be to God. But I also refuse to have a church that turns around and resists him in such a way that he's so grieved that he will not move at all. Stringent and stagnant. Arms crossed, not wanting anything but another bless me service. We can't have that either. 
So I, my prayer as a leader of this ministry is saying, Lord, put us in the middle of this thing. And Lord, when, when we need manifestations, let the manifestations come. And when we need correction, let correction come. And when we need counsel, let counsel come. And when we need conviction, let conviction come. And when we need correcting, let correcting come. But just let Jesus be glorified. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. I think I feel like preaching now. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Lord, help us with this right now. And I, I'm saying, Lord, you know, you got people who feel that the giftings of the Holy Ghost in them. Lord, help them to step out in faith. Hey, let me, let, I'll tell you, we're going to get to the notes in just a minute. We need the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I know it might run, I know some, some people who don't really want the Lord really don't want the gifts of the Holy Ghost and they might turn around and say, I ain't studying that place, you're a bunch of, all of you back crazy. But let me just tell you something, the world has always called us crazy. Have you thought about what you believed in lately? You believe that there was a man that came from God that was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, stayed in a grave for three days and raised from the dead and walked the earth for 40 days showing himself to many people and at the end of 40 days he ascended unto heaven sat down at the right hand of God and 10 days later filled an upper room with the spirit of the living God and they all began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God gave them the utterance have you thought about what you believe you believe that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you can cast out demons anything that comes near you will not hurt you have you thought about what you believe they gonna call you crazy anyway if you're a real Christian they gonna call you crazy I ain't studying them hallelujah I'm looking for those who are there to inherit salvation hallelujah that's what I'm looking for glory be to God I'm here to introduce to you my friend my God, my helper, I'm here to introduce to you the person that you feel when I walk in the room. It ain't me. <laughs> it's the one that's got the monopoly on me. It's the one that owns me. It's the one that says he's mine, don't touch him. It's the one that has poured his oil on me. It's the one that lives inside of me. It's the one that when I met him, I was changed forever. Hallelujah. Oh, I was changed forever. It's the one that when I felt this fire come inside of me, I was never the same again. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Oh, I feel like testifying. Is it okay that I testify? Let me tell you something. When I was born again, it was a, I was so radically changed. I'd tell people, I'd tell people that I, I was so radically changed that I walked outside and things were different colors. You see, when you've lived in a dark place for so long, all of a sudden everything begins to look one way. But when you get brought into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, everything begins to look another way. When I got born again, I walked out of the church and things looked different. But can I tell you, I struggled all week not to go back to who I used to be. 
I struggled all week. It was only by the grace and the mercy of God that I made it till Sunday. I was saying, oh Lord, I don't know how we're going to do it, but if you can just get me back in that church Sunday morning. I I don't know what they have for me, and I don't know what's going to happen for me, but I just, God, I got to have some help. I can't do this thing on my own. I don't know who I'm ministering to right now, but God, I got to have some help. I'm trying my best, but Lord, I hear them demons screaming. I hear those streets calling, and the old friends are coming around, and the temptations are rising, and Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but if you can get me in that house Sunday, I'll receive something. I don't know what it is, but I know I'll receive some help, and we showed up that Sunday morning, and there was a man about five foot and a half full of the Holy Ghost preaching on the spirit of the living God, and he began to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I I heard him say, he'll help me. I heard him say that I ain't got to go back to who I used to be. I heard him say that if God has set me free, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And when I heard when I heard the master's call, I came down to an altar and I said, I don't know what the Holy Ghost and fire is, but what I do know is I can't go out the door the same way I came in. I got to be changed. I got to be new. I got to have something that I did not have when I walked in this door. Lord, I don't know what it is. And I walked down to that altar that day. I'm not preaching really on the baptism, so you might hear this testimony two or three more times. It's my story. I'm telling it. It's my sermon. I'm preaching it. I walked down to that altar that day. Nobody told me really how to speak in tongues or nothing like that. I just began to pray. I was weeping before God. And a dear brother came up behind me and began to hold my hands up and pray. He wasn't going to let me go until I received Mark. He wasn't going to let me go. He just kept my hands held up, praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, It felt like somebody took a pitcher of fire, opened my mouth, and began to dump it down in my stomach. Because the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And all of a sudden, as that fire began to burn inside of me, all of a sudden, the language began to come out of me. And I began to shake under the power of God. Watch what you talk about. Watch what you talk about. Had nobody taught me to shake. I'm just one week old in the Lord. I began to shake under the power of God. And began to just speak with other tongues. And that day I walked out of that church. And things were a different color again. Things were completely different. It was as if I was walking in this bubble. It was as if heaven had come down and put a 10-foot bubble around me. And the fire of God was bubbling up in me. And I'm here to tell you today, I ain't never went back to who I used to be. Glory be to God. Filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Never back to who I used to be. I praise God for being born again. 
But can I just testify my own testimony? If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't be here today. I would not be here today. I would have went back. I don't know where you came from, but where I came from, the demons were screaming. The streets were loud. The pool was strong. But oh, it wasn't as strong as the Holy Ghost. I felt that fire burn up every pool that was on my back. I felt that fire consume every chain that had me locked down. I felt that fire burn up every pathway to who I used to be. And the Lord laid a new path. Can anybody testify? Can you testify out there in Facebook land? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Talking about the person, the Holy Ghost. Not, not, I'm not, we'll get to the manifestations. We'll get to the gifts. We'll get to praying in tongues, worshiping in tongues, the gift of tongues, interceding in tongues. There's four types of tongues. We'll get to all that. I want you to know him first. I want you to encounter him in such a way that when you leave this place, everything has changed. This is what happened to the disciples, by the way. Glory be to God. So if you're taking notes today, you can just write this down. I'm starting in number three because last week I got two out. Number three, I want to introduce him to you as the revealer of the Godhead. The Holy Ghost, the revealer of the Godhead. 1 Corinthians 2 says, But God has revealed, revealed them to us through his Spirit. Watch this. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. John 16 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you, to, uh, tell you things to come. In other words, when you are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, you are able, you will begin to, uh, you are able to begin to understand and comprehend and walk out things that Jesus has been saying to you at a higher level than what you were. It does not mean that it, it, I am not preaching an elite Christianity. I am not preaching that you're better than anybody else. I am not preaching that everybody's below you. I'm just telling you when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, things begin to come alive and he begins to reveal things that you had no way of knowing. In order to fully understand what I'm talking about here today, I want to give you an example. Y'all listen very carefully. Those of you watching, it's time to put down uh, whatever you're drinking and eating and listen to me carefully. Let's say that, let's say, let me, let, me, let me paint this picture for you to really understand what I'm saying. Let's say that, that three other ministers and I were, were sitting around a table discussing a book that we have just read, a book that we have just read. And you're around that table because you are a part of us. However, we're saying things and using terms that you have no idea what they mean. So I tell everyone at the table that I was in my time, listen carefully, I was in my time of hermeneutics and began to dive into theological anthropology. And during this time, I learned more about the fall of man and I was so illuminated that I decided to take my hermeneutics and to, to transcribe it into homiletics. 
As I transcribed this into homiletics, I decided to preach on three points. I decided to preach on Christology, pneumatology, and ecclesiology. And I really, to bring my home, my point home, I decided to touch a little bit on eschatology. And, and watch this. And so with them, uh, with all this, I really felt like that if I that if I brought this home, you would begin to really understand what soteriology is, and therefore cause them to be born of the Spirit. Now, the average person at the table is going to be lost as last year's Easter egg. You had no idea what I just said. Now listen, watch this. But all of a sudden a man walks up to the table and says, hey, would you like to know what he just said? I'm putting you in the picture. And you say, of course, how can you tell me? And you say, and he says, well, I wrote the book that they're talking about. I wrote the terms. I wrote all that out. I know what he's talking about. Would you like to understand it? And you say, of course. So he tells you, he said, basically all he just said was the other day when he was in his time of study and he began to study deeper into the man, into man and how he relates to God, uh, all of a sudden something happened. The Holy Spirit revealed so much to him that he decided to take what he's learned in his study and turn it into a sermon so he could preach it. And in his sermon, he decided to preach on three points. He decided to preach on the doctrine concerning Jesus. His second point was preaching on the doctrine of the Holy Ghost. His third point was preaching on the doctrine of the church. And he ended it preaching on the doctrine of the end times and the afterlife. And he felt this would be so helpful to everyone that they would begin to understand the doctrine of salvation and call those who are away from God to be saved. How helpful would that be? I gave you this example today because this is exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. Have you ever been reading the Bible and say, I don't have a clue what it's talking about. I'm just reading it in obedience. But it might as well be saying blah, 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 blah. Will anybody tell on themselves? I might as well be sitting around a table with a bunch of ministers discussing terms that I have no idea what they mean. Watch this right there. Watch this. Except when the Holy Spirit comes and does this for us, he's not explaining terms that can be defined in a dictionary. Hear me closely. He's explaining and revealing supernatural things that can only be spiritually discerned. He will bring truth when the enemy is bombarding you with deception. He will bring clarity when your life seems to be nothing but a giant fall. He will reveal scripture in ways that God can only reveal them to you when you're desperately looking for answers. He is the revealer of the Godhead. He is the revealer of the word. He is the revealer of your life. If things seem messed up, get along with him and say, God make it clear this is who he is this is what he does my God you don't have to look for the next psychic you better not go to the psychic I'll flatten your tires you better not let me hear if you consulting crazy mediums and stuff I'll come to your house and I'll lay hands try Jesus but don't try me because I lay hand. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, 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 you ain't got to do all that. You hit your knees and humble yourself. 
You submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And you say, God, I need answers. You wrote this book, Holy Ghost, show it to me. And he'll come sit beside you at the table and say, you know what I'm really talking about there is this. It's going to take some of your time. You can't microwave the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You can't microwave the Holy Ghost. I want to introduce him to you today, number four, as the teacher. Oh, he's a teacher. My God, he's a teacher. First John 2.27, I'm going to go in a, a direction, but you know, when you get ready to preach it, you can preach it however you want to, but you will never get, you will never, it will never get old talking about the Holy Spirit as the teacher. What a wonderful teacher he is. 1 John 2.27 in the New Living Translation says, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Beloved, I have seen prideful heart, people with prideful hearts and rebellious spirit use this scripture as an excuse and to justify why they don't come to church and why they don't submit to authority. That is not what the Bible is talking about here. If you, re- if you read and understand the New Testament, you will see that the teaching and the ministering of the word was the apostles' main calling. It was the apostles' main calling to teach the word. This was so important that when people were being left out in Acts chapter 6, when people were being left out with food distribution, the apostles said, listen, we don't need to give ourselves to these things. Choose seven men full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and let them serve you. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, why did they say this? When the New Testament church was birthed, listen, I'm going to take you through a, a line of thought and then bringing you back. When the New Testament church was birthed, they didn't have a Bible to read. On the day of Pentecost, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they didn't get to go home with their Bible and say, let me see what it's actually saying. There was, there was no Bible. All they had to refer to was the Old Testament or what we call the Old Covenant. The problem with that is because, listen, is because of what Jesus done on the cross The old covenant, you were no longer under the old covenant. So watch this. But the old covenant was still God-breathed. It had still been spoken by God. It was still living. It still is living. It still is alive. It still is the word of God. So so the, the, the apostles had to turn around and grab the Old Testament. And they had to get before the Lord in prayer and commune with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit took what the Old Testament was saying, revealed it to them in the New Testament. They were inspired by God and began to write what we call the Bible now. If the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, can take people and get with them and reveal the Old Testament so they can write the New Testament, then we can get along with him and understand what the New Testament and the Old Testament actually says. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Watch this. 
considering that this, this was new, the apostles and approved men of the Holy Spirit had to go around in circuits and preach and teach the word of God. Therefore, the Bible is not saying that you don't need people to teach you. The devil is a... The book of 1 John, now I'm skipping over and bringing you right back. The book of 1 John was written because false believers were seducing the church into deception. And John, inspired of the Holy Ghost, says, you have the anointing. You have the spirit from Jesus that will teach you what is right and what is wrong. Well, why couldn't the apostles teach me? Because the apostles are not with you when you ride by the liquor store. Come on now. Well, why can't Pastor Jeremy teach? Because Pastor Jeremy ain't with you at two o'clock in the morning when you're looking at your computer. He says, you have the anointing, you have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, if you'll listen to him, he'll teach you what's right. He'll teach you what's wrong. He'll convict you in such a way that you can't sleep at night. He'll convict you in such a way that you don't seem to be able to discern from what's all left or right. You're just all saying, God help me. Think about this. He will teach you what is truth and what is not. If you'll spend time with the Holy Spirit and obey him, he'll put a check in you when deceptions come. Now, for those of you that are new to the faith, you say, what is a check? It ain't something you cash at the bank, not spiritually speaking. A check is, is I, somebody came up and said, Tithing ain't right, it ain't for today. And all of a sudden, something went, uh. Well, what was that? Well, the Bible says that the Spirit yearns jealously in you. And the Holy Ghost saying, get back, that ain't, no, 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 no. That ain't right. Mm Mm-mm, that ain't right. Stay back from that. Somebody comes up and says, you know, hey, listen, you know, all this stuff, you ain't got to be that radical and stuff. What's your problem, man? Chill out. And the Holy Ghost, uh uh-uh, mm. That's the world talking. Get back. You're mine. You're mine. I'm jealous over you. I'm telling you, you ain't never, there ain't never been a boyfriend or girlfriend as jealous as the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's a jealous God. He don't want to put up nobody else. No other idol. No other competition. Church, you have to be watchful for for things. You have to be watchful for for people who come into the church to bring deception. Oh, I lost my amen crowd. Let me get a drink of water and see if I can get it back. I feel like one of the most neglected spiritual gifts today is the discerning of spirits. I don't know why I feel it. I just can't get away from it. Every time I pray, it's stronger. Everyone's always thinking that wolves come in shepherd's clothing. The Bible don't say that. The Bible says wolves come in 
Ah, there you go. I've seen a lot more people led astray by sheep than I have shepherds. I'm talking to you, Facebook land. A lot more sheep led astray by the person who was corrected. But because they didn't want to receive correction, now they got a check. There's a difference between a check from the Holy Ghost and you not feeling good because you got corrected. I'm going to say it. <laughs> you got to be watchful over this because people, most time people who are like this, and I don't know of anything that might be going on right now, so if you're getting corrected, just go and receive it. But... People who, most time people who are like this hate to be corrected. You know what Proverbs 12, 1 says? If you got a Bible, turn it there. So, you, so that you'll know that I'm saying the truth. I'm going to quote it to you, but it says it. Proverbs 12, 1. He who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> Does it not? You got to be watchful. Sometimes people, to make themselves feel better and try to save faith with others, won't admit that they got corrected. They just got a check from God. And a check from the Holy Ghost is not the same as correction from spiritual leaders. I'm taking you somewhere. Stay. I have not, I have not walked away from the Holy Ghost as teacher. Stay with me. I've seen people who get corrected, and because it made them feel bad, uh, they, they wanted to call it a check and, and because they didn't want to line up and submit. You've got to be careful with this. If you allow these people to spew poison on you before you know it, you will be out there wondering with them just as much as they're wondering. There's a vagabond spirit being released in the, in the land today. What are you talking about a vagabond spirit? Cain was a vagabond. Cain refused to submit to God. And God said, therefore, you will wander from now on and your soul will not have rest. But church, if you will yield to the Holy Spirit and truly allow him to lead you, these types of people will not cause you to stray. They're always going to be there and you can love them. I ain't telling you to hate them. I'm not telling you to turn around and fight against them. I'm not telling you to go on Facebook and bash them. I'm just telling you, you got to know what the Holy Ghost says and what the Holy Ghost ain't saying. And you got to know what is truth and what is not the truth. And whatever is truth, the Holy Spirit will guide you in. Give him praise if you believe that today. Hallelujah. He'll expose deception. <clears throat> I mean, listen, I, I'm about to get in trouble now, but I, I felt that prodding. And I'd rather sleep tonight than be right with people. Because that's one thing I'm going to talk about the conviction of the Holy Ghost in just a moment. But listen, we, you know, we have people today. Now, we have people that, that they, have made, they have decided, hey, for me, for me and my family right now, it's best that we stay at home. And I respect that decision. I respect them. I respect that decision. Bottom line. I do. I, I would love for them to come to the church. I mean, many of them are watching right now. I'd love for them. But I understand they, they have to walk according to where they're at in their faith. And I'm okay with that. But don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on God. Got folk talking about, I ain't, come, I ain't going to church till the Holy Ghost release you. The Holy Ghost ain't going to release you. You want to know why? Because the Holy Ghost didn't tell you to stay at home. 
It's just time somebody said it. I, I, know, I know I'm not going to be popular, but I have found out when I'm popular, I'm probably not prophetic. And when I'm prophetic, I'm probably not popular. Now, Pat, now here, here's, this is the overveiling thought. Stay with me out there. Don't get, don't get up too upset with me. This is the overveiling. Well, how do you know what God said? Okay, stay with me. Well, let's talk about it. God does not contradict himself. I don't serve a psychotic God. I do not serve a psychotic God that don't know what he said one day and don't, and don't, you know. So now if I tell you the word tells you to forgive people, then you okay with, then you forgive people, right? It might take you a minute. Sometimes it takes us longer than others. But we end up forgiving them because we know we cannot hold unforgiveness, no matter what's been done. If I tell you that the word says that you're to love people no matter what, you love people. Sometimes it's harder to love some people than others, but you love people. But why is it all of a sudden that's true, but when the word says do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together and as you see the day approaching, assemble yourselves all the more, why is that not true now? I need to know. I need to know. As you see the day approaching. My God, Hollywood even knows the end of time's coming. As you see the day approaching, assemble yourselves even more together. The Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Ghost ain't going to release you. Holy Ghost didn't tell you to stay there. Now, if you told you to stay there, that's fine. And I'm not just talking about people at home. I'm talking about in every situation. Boy, I don't know, Brother Antoine, you're going to have to help me up here today. It just had to be said. In the Cajun, somebody got to say something, I'm going to say it. That's the word. Somebody say, that's the word. Somebody say, that's the word. Come on, say it again. That's the word. So therefore, the Holy Spirit teaches you and guides you into truth. He is the spirit of truth. He does not guide you in a direction that is contrary to the word. This is who he is. He will never guide you in a direction that's contrary to the word. Ever. Somebody say, don't blame it on God. Well, somebody check Facebook, praise God. No, still, I'm, I love y'all. Y'all know what I do. I'm just got to sleep tonight. Which leads me to my last point, and then we're, we're done, Lord willing. I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit as the one who convicts. I don't know if anybody's really talking about him as the person who convicts anymore. In Acts 2.37, listen to what the Bible says. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. 
and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Oh, I love that type of conviction. I like the conviction where it's done cut so hard and so deep that I got to look at God and say, God, I don't even know what to do. Peter, after being filled with the Holy Ghost, stands up and begins to preach to these people. And when he's done preaching, watch this, the, the conviction of the Holy Ghost hits them so hard that the Bible says they were cut, they were pricked in their heart. And they say, what are we to do? The definition for the word conviction means a formal declaration that somebody is guilty. Guilty. One more time. Guilty. How many of you, and, and you can lift your hands if you want, you don't have to, have ever been to court? <laughs> There's a bunch of you. Don't be lying out here. There's a bunch of you. <laughs> You've been to court, and the judge says, you are guilty. And when they convicted you, watch this. It didn't feel good, did it? Matter of fact, you were sick a whole day before you went to court. And you were sick while you was in court. Why? Conviction don't feel good. Now, it produces good. But it don't feel good. You ever hear somebody talking about, I love the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love it. It makes me feel good. They're lying. They might like and love what it produces, but I promise you if it's the Holy Ghost conviction, you don't like it. Watch this. The Holy Spirit works in the same way in our lives. When we do something wrong, when, when we do something we're not supposed to, when we, start, when we start having this uneasy feeling within our spirit, that's Him. That's him say, hey, let's don't do this. It's that gnawing. Have, have you ever felt the Holy Ghost conviction as a gnawing? That knowing that you're wrong? This is the Holy Spirit. Listen now, this is the Holy Spirit working in and through your life. This is his conviction in and upon your life. And regardless of what some people say and regardless of what some preachers might preach, it is a good thing. It is a good thing, church. It is a great thing. This is the blessing and the grace of God at work in your life. The Bible says that he, listen, those whom he loves, he corrects. And the conviction of the Spirit is God saying, I love you way too much to allow you to go down the path that you are going down. My plan for your life is way bigger than what the devil is using to keep you down right now. My purpose in your life is far greater than the sins you keep falling to. Therefore, my Spirit will convict you of your sins just like the court convicts you of your lawlessness. I don't want to see you keep going that direction. The difference between the Holy Ghost and the court 
Oh, my God, Here, this is where you're going to shout. This is where I'm going to get my audience back. Come on now. Uh, listen, the difference between these the, is the, it's the outcome of the conviction. Oh, hallelujah. It is the outcome of the conviction. Glory. The Holy Ghost convicts you not to lock you up in a prison somewhere, but to push you into a place of repentance so that you can receive forgiveness. He knows that Jesus has already paid the price. He knows that Jesus already went to the prisons of hell. He knows that Jesus has already defeated Satan, and therefore you can be free. Hallelujah. Therefore, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is to lead you to a better place, not a worse place. The conviction of the Spirit is to lead you to a place of holiness, not hopelessness. It is to lead you to a place of sanctification, not stagnation. It is to lead you to a place of deliverance and not destruction. This is the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I had a couple one time tell me, and I like church pastor, but every time we ain't come back, because every time we walk in there, we, we, we walk out leaving bad. I said, repent. <laughs> Listen, if a church is really a church and you're doing stuff wrong, <laughs> my God, something ought to be filling off right now. Something ought to be checking in your spirit right now. There ought to be a conviction that comes on you all of a sudden and you're like, I feel like everybody in the room's looking at me. Really ain't nobody looking at you but God. But it's not to push you into the prison. It's to push you into freedom. The Bible says the goodness of God brings one to repentance. It's not to turn around and lock you up. It's to turn around and let you out. You don't realize you've been locked up. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There's some of you that walked in here this morning. And immediately, everybody shout immediately. Immediately the conviction of the Holy Spirit began to deal with you. Immediately you began to feel something gnawing at your spirit man immediately you begin to hear a voice within you saying hey that's not right immediately there was something beginning to pull on your heart that's saying hey you know what you need to get things right and the devil would tell would like to tell you it's just you being around a bunch of religious people he would like to tell you it's just you being around a bunch of judgmental people. He'd like to tell you it's just you, it's just you being around people who think they're better than you. But the devil is a liar. That is the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, listen, God has a better plan than what you are experiencing. This is the Holy Spirit saying, you don't have to continue to live this way. 
This is the Holy Spirit saying, my conviction is for you to have freedom. Now listen, and then I'm done. In the book of Acts, we read about Peter being full of the Holy Spirit and preaching a message, and the people were cut to heart. Watch this. And they repented of their sins. In other words, they did not resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They received the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They repented of their sins, and they became children of the Most High God. But there's another group of people in Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, there's another group of people. Stephen stood up full of the Holy Spirit. They said he was so full of the Holy Ghost, his face lit up like an angel. So full of God. He stood up and began to preach. And in, the 50, uh, in, in verse 54, it says the same thing. They were cut to the heart. But instead of kneeling before God, they gnashed their teeth at God. And they resisted the Holy Spirit. They resisted his conviction. And they picked up stones and killed the man who came to preach freedom and deliverance. Stephen. What are you saying, Pastor? Don't be a part of the group in Acts 7. Be a part of the group in Acts 2. He says, God, if you're dealing with me, fine. God, if you're convicting me, fine. But I know it's not to hurt me. It is to help me. I introduce to you the Holy Spirit as the one who convicts. And it is the blessing and the grace of God. Let me tell you something. If you ever get to a place where you no longer feel conviction, you better worry. You better worry. You better turn around and say, oh God, I don't know what I've done and I don't know what, where I'm going, but I'm gonna lay here until conviction gets back in my heart because I am hopeless without it. The convictor, the one who convicts, when they would stand up and preach, that's who was working. And now that I've stood up and preached this morning, that's who's working. That's who's saying, hey, drop that. Hey, forgive them. Hey, get right over here. Hey, start serving over here. Hey, I'm tired of you crossing your arms in worship. Don't you know who I am? I'm God. I, I, I saved you. Start tithing here. Start giving the missions here. Start loving these people and not hating these people. And the one that I I get in trouble the most with, stop saying that. (laughs) Don't let that come out of your mouth. I got to feeling bad about three or four weeks ago and I I went to tell somebody I think it's COVID and the Holy Ghost said, shut up. Do not ever say that over your life. Ever. I said, yes, sir, I will not say it. I'd tell him, I don't know what it is. But he said, don't you ever speak that over your life. Ever. Conviction is in the room because the Holy Ghost is in the room. Stand with me and bow your heads all over this place. Those of you at home, thank you. 
Thank you for watching. And I bless you today. And listen, the conviction of the Holy Ghost is hitting you right now. If you're away from God and you need to come back to the Lord, you need to repent of your sins. Listen, all you have to do is on that chat space right now. Just put down there and say, please pray for me. Please pray for me. And right now, somebody will begin to pray for you. Somebody will reach out to you. We'll begin to pray for you right now. And, and, that, and that's if you need to come back to the Lord or if you just need somebody, if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. So all across this room right now with your heads bowed. Pastor, there's some things I got to get right with God. And uh, the Lord's been dealing with me about it. I've been feeling the conviction. And today I need to, I need to commit or recommit my life to Jesus. Please, friend, do not resist the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Please do not resist his conviction. That is the grace and the mercy and the blessing of God on you. Saying, I will not let you keep going this way. If you say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? I need to commit or recommit my life to Christ. I don't really care who sees me and I don't care what they think. I came because I need to get right with God. That's you when I say three, you lift your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three, lift your hand right now. I see your hand. Keep your hand lifted, sir. Keep your hand. I see your hand lifted over there. I see your hand lifted in the back right now. I see your hand lifted over there, sir. Just lift it up high so I can see it right now. There's some other people in here. You just need to get some things right with God today. Lord, help me. I'm not going to resist the Holy Spirit moving. I'm not going to resist the Holy Spirit moving. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Now you can put your hands down. Now right now, across this room, Pastor, I'm right with God. I've, I've repented of my sins. and I, I know I'm on my way to heaven. But the Holy Ghost is dealing with me about some stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to walk out of this room today resisting him. I, I want to make a, a stand saying, Holy Spirit, I hear your voice. I receive your conviction. And I'm going to do my best to obey you. Now, if, that, if you're part of that crowd right there, you just now, in Jesus' name, lift your hand right there. Just lift it up. It's okay. Lift it up. You're in a safe environment. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. It's okay. Just lift your hand. The Holy Ghost is dealing with me about some stuff. I just need to, I just want to say, Lord, I'm not, I'm, I hear you. I hear you, God. I ain't deaf. I hear you. In the name of Jesus, you can put your hands down. Praise God. Now, those of you that lifted your hand in the first part, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to come down here. And if you don't want to walk by yourself, just nudge that person beside you say I need you to walk with me I got to get down to that altar but I got to make a public confession today I, I, I'm like that I'm like that preacher was I got to leave different than the way I came so if that's you when I say three you get out of your seat and come are you ready one two three come on right now come on right now there's some already coming come on right now come on you lifted your hand in that first part are you willing to make this stand today come on in the name of Jesus come on come on
Come on. Lord, I got to get some things right today. Now, this, the second part, those of you that lifted your hand a while for that second part, I want you to get out of your seat and come now. If these dear people can come down here and say, Lord, I need, I need you today. I want you to get out of your seat and come and stand. In just a moment, we're going to have a prayer. Can I get some altar workers to come with my, these dear people that have come down first? I'm going to dismiss you in just a minute. I know, I know that I'm taking a little extra time, but just stay with me today. <clears throat> just stay with me. God's doing a work here. God's doing a work here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I thank you, God. Now, can I get some altar workers to come and stand behind these dear people that have showed up today and leaders? Just come and stand behind them to pray with them today. The rest of the church, if you would, just extend your hands towards these dear people. I know that there's many more out there that today are saying, you, you know that God's dealing with you, but that's okay. I'm just going to trust in the Holy Ghost. My trust is completely in God. And I know, he, I know he's going to have his way on some things. I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to say thank you for the times that your spirit convicted me and for the times that he will convict me. I want to publicly acknowledge today, God, that I thank you for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for not leaving me to myself in my own direction. Oh, God, I'll make a mess every time. I know it, Lord. And I thank you for leading me and guiding me. I thank you for the times that, Lord, though it didn't feel good, it produced good. And I thank you for that. Now today, Lord, we as a church, as a leadership, as a congregation, at the altar and in the, in the seats, today, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we publicly confess our need for your spirit. We publicly confess our dependence on your spirit. And today, Father, we say, Lord, however your spirit wants to move in our lives, whatever he wants to do and however he wants to do it, we yield to him now in Jesus' name. And we say, Holy Spirit, move. Come on, those of you in the congregation, can you just take about 15 seconds and just pray that. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move in my life. Move in my family. Move in this church. Move. Move in this congregation. Move in this leadership. Holy Spirit, move. I submit to you. I acknowledge you as God in and over my life today. And whatever you want, I'll do. Holy Spirit. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.